Heaven High! Heaven High, what episode is it? It's episode 230. 230, Nick. 230. 230? Yes, 230. There's only one refrain to be sung to that. Do you know what it is? Is it what time to go to the alien dentist? Oh, that's racist. That's racist. How can a tune be racist? That is racist. It's just an it's not abstract the tune set of the frequency. Fact that you were pulling slitty eyes and wearing a wok on your head as you did it. I always wear a wok on my head. I find it to be very useful headwear in case masonry falls off a small building. That's true because you enjoy the noise it makes. Yes. Oh, there's not. I'm not sure if there's a sound better than the accidentally tapped wok. I've not really done that. We'll, I'll need to buy a wok for my... Because uh, I don't actually have one. I need to, me. I wouldn't have one in the house. Uh, and I need to actually see what that sounds like. Oh, it's the, one of the best noises that there is. You can't do it on purpose. Cannot be done. But the accidentally tapped... Accidentally tapped against the, the taps of the sink or something. The, accident, the accidentally tap-tapped... Tap-tapped. Wok. The topic today is... Actually, all Fridays matter... I don't know. I don't it's know. a cerebral one there. I don't know. What's the fry? Good. Oh, oh, okay. There Good. you go. Okay. Mm. It's a beauty. A beauty. So have you noticed that Donald Trump's just evolving into the usual corrupt? It's nothing Repu- happening. Nothing hasn't happened. Hillary no, Clinton no. won the election. No, that, no, that's irrelevant. He's just evolving into the usual standard corrupt Republican politician. That's what's interesting. Well, no, he's just surrounding himself by enough of them that they're going to do that for him. He's not too lazy to be a well, exa- Republican politician. No, but that's that's what I mean. In other words, he's just getting you know, all the lobbyists are coming in, all the Christian right. It's just the stand old, standard old, standard old. In other words, there's nothing more or less frightening about him. Than you know, I don't other- like more or less on Radio 4. I find there's something very artificial about it. Well, the thing about more or less is it gives the air of indefatigability, but actually it's just as contingent as any others. I've heard them talk about nutrition topics sometime. And whatever bias the the expert who comes on who's going to give them God's truth happens to have ends up being their conclusion. So, no, it needs to be stopped. Also, it's so it feels overly scripted. Yes. And the could, jokes fall very flat. Could you explain to the American listener what more no. or less is? No. Go on then. No, give give a quick Radio one. Radio Four and Open University doing a program. Oh yes, I forgot it was a joint. Yeah, supposedly looking at facts and figures and quite uh, questioning the new what's reported on the news. And it's I mean it's useful in as much so much as it actually asks questions of numbers that are otherwise parroted by lazy news broadcasters. Yes, but you just hope that that would just be the job of people on Radio Four <laughs> yes, anyway. You would, wouldn't you? Yeah. But it it, <sighs> it it is a bit stilted, is it not? Just a touch. Yes. Are you finding that the uh, that you get SAD? No, I love the uh, dark evenings. It's the best bit. Really? Oh, How? I love it. I get I get bit, bit contrary, uh, I get or is it, it a coziness? It's a co- it's the coziness. It's the, it's more fun when it's dark than when it's bright. You can um, get away with more murders. Exactly. You can you can. It's much easier to pickpocket. Yeah, okay, well... Toby's becoming quite an adept pickpocket. Really? How yes, so? Yes, I'll often find... Uh, what, see him wandering around the house with something that was previously in my trouser pocket and not have noticed that happening. Has has uh, has, he been, has he been taken under the wing by a wayward Jew thief? I should imagine so. Hmm. 
And the guy's saying, oh, I've got to pick a pocket hot dog. Amazing how that could, it's amazing how that could just be that on. That was amazing. That's fine. That could just be on. That's a movie. That's fine. That's fine. I didn't know that you were that Jewish. Yeah. Because you very rarely haunt a middle-class suburban house. <laughs> we we actually talked about So Haunt Me on this of very Of course program. we did. It's my favourite thing. Uh, and it's, it's uh, what I do like is that it has disappeared without a trace. There's no kind of... Um... I can't believe it wasn't revived when the BBC were doing their sitcom <laughs> revival. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would have been an interesting... Uh, it almost it... implies that they somewhat regret it. Uh, or perhaps they could adapt it for the new era. So haunt me where it's um, where it's haunted by a, a fundamentalist Muslim or something like that. That would be pa- fun. Palestinian ghost. Palestinian ghost. Things keep blowing up, and no, that, that would be quite fun. Um, so how how's your week been? Yes, yes, I would say so. I would have thought so. How's your cold? Do you know, I don't have one. I've, there's always don't one lingering in the back. I always wake up thinking, cold. oh, I can't, don't talk over me, Nicholas. It's very rude. That you do have a cold. Understand. Hmm. I, had, I have had personal complaints about how much talking you did in the last episode. I'd like to get, name and shame, please. Uh, the Reverend Stuart Campbell. He doesn't listen to this thing. He, he listened to the last one. Why? Because I think it because of the topic. It must have been very disappointing for him because we said things he didn't like. He was, he was, no, he's just more upset that I didn't get to say anything whatsoever. But you didn't really need to, did you? Well, apparently, no, no, I didn't need to speak. Sorry, sorry. Yes. Go to, go to your room. Well, I was, I was trying to be more the wife than the child there, but never mind. I don't see the wife in that position, actually. I, I, I don't see that hierarchy. So clearly that's in your mind. I, maybe you should talk to Victoria about that. I, I don't talk to her because, uh... <laughs> I don't need to. Everything, all the instructions are well understood by now, and there's no need for further oracle. Written in her nose blood on the walls. Yes, so yes. we don't need to do that. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good. Is, 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 I need an update on Lucy's tale. Oh, it's just, it's the same as it ever was, apart from uh, at the start. I, I wanted to be more interesting. Well, Lucy started to become a, lap, a cat that sits on your lap a bit. Yes, I know that, but... But she's still a cat that waits waits outside until Toby's nearly asleep and then marches into the house and just screams. Just to announce that she's come in. But it's insane. It's like a, a manic, a frighteningly manic need for everyone to know that she's come in. To the point where if you go up to her and look directly in her face and go, Hello, Lucy! She will <laughs> still go, at you like she's trying to desperately tell you something as t- terrible has happened which probably is which is my food bowl isn't being topped up currently i need to, uh, this is this bit isn't for you john because you like those awful microsoft rubber dome keyboards but i want to tell our listener that they should invest in a proper mechanical keyboard oh the listener is so bored but with stupid clickety clackety listen no. to me no, 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 no. Um, uh, as I said, this is not for you. You like your crappy Microsoft Rubber Dome keyboard, so we'll ignore <sighs> you. You are, you, you are, you are unsavable. But for the rest of us, the usual recommendation <laughs> is for typing that you use a a clicky keyboard like the Cherry MX Blue. I would, however, controversially say that a linear keyboard like the Cherry MX Red is nice to type on. It's like typing on buttery boobs. So go and get a keyboard that's got a Cherry MX Red connection. 
at Switch and you'll be much happier. It reminds me of my very first Amiga keyboard actually had, um, I think it was the Space Invader, it was called the Space Invader Switch um, White Linear and they were very beautiful to the type The very on. first keyboards are rubbery as well, you know. No, there there was a very different sort of uh, key mechanism. The Commodore 64 maybe and things like your, that were awful. Maybe the in Commodore your si- dirty the, the, Ami- the first Amiga 500 keyboard I had was very smooth and proper uh, mechanical keys. I agree. The second one, when I broke my Amiga keyboard and I got a replacement, I was so disappointed that I got this clackety uh, rubber domey keyboard instead. And are all you modern keyboards that you are like didn't that. have... A ZX81? No, well, that's very different to a rubber dome. That's a me- that's a membrane keyboard. Anyway, <sighs> anyway, Mr. ZX81, uh, if you want to actually make the point, talk about the ZX80, which just had touch keys. There were no, uh, there were there were no movable keys at all on the ZX81. We on the had ZX80. A strange little device, a big black plastic racist dome. Uh-huh. went over the top of one of our spectrums and added it really big red button, really bed, big red keys. Oh, I've heard of that. I, I assume that didn't work properly at all. I don't remember. You had a spectrum. I vaguely remember the strange thing, and I'm not sure what it was for or why it was for. So before you sinned with your Atari ST, you had a spectrum? Oh, I had it. Z- my dad got the ZX81. We <laughs> then got sent a review model of the 48K. Oh, of the ZX Spectrum. Of the Spectrum 48, yes. We got sent a pre-release Spectrum. Why? That my dad reviewed. For what? Uh, I, th- if, uh, I don't remember. And I now have no access to that information. Um, my dad was writing for uh, a couple of fanzines. And he would, but he was doing something a bit more professional. He would yeah, because you, you don't just get in London in Earl's you don't Court. Just, yeah, you don't just get sent a 48k Spectrum for a fanzine, do you? No, usually? I know. But bear in mind at the time. Pretty much, yes. There weren't exactly yes. any professional computing magazines at the time. It was a better world. Uh, but he... Uh, my dad used to go to... What was it called? That that gaming show in Earl's Court in London. It had a star as its logo. Oh, yes. Uh, it was initials. E-C-T-S or something like that. Yes, let's just say that. My dad used to go to that for something or other. I don't know why a dentist was doing these things. No, well, that's the interesting thing. He really wanted to be a games journalist. I think, well, he didn't, I think he was, yes, well, he wanted to play games, but he yeah. was, he was absolutely fascinated by all this stuff in the, before it was, you know, at all known about. Hmm. So that's good. We all, have we talked about Warlock, my dad's game that he made before? Yes, we've mentioned, yes. we have mentioned Warlock. There's been a, a tribute to Warlock. Um, it probably needs to be ported to a mobile device today. And you can oh, Lucy, listen, she's doing it now. Lucy, go away. Fortunately, your microphone is two-directional, so it cuts out her, her hideous caterwauling. Come up here. Oh, she wouldn't even... Oh, God, cats are rubbish. Yes, you can, get, well, you can, you can play Warlock on your modern PC. If you, if you just Google Hugh Walker Warlock, you'll find all you need to play it. We took my grandmother to the uh, uh, restaurant Aqua on the 31st floor of the Shard yesterday for afternoon tea. Why um, is it called Aqua? I don't know. There's no, not much water there. Doesn't sound like it's underwater on the thirty-first floor. Yes, and what was quite nice is I even after all that rain, <laughs> I blagged. Um, I blagged uh, uh, valet parking for free because that, apparently, even though it's like uh, it's got the Shangri-La hotels, one it's a huge hotel, a huge skyscraper. Apparently, there are only sort of twenty parking spaces underneath the building or something, which is bizarre. So they are very, very carefully rationed. Um, uh, uh, valet parking, but I, I emailed. They said, "Well, 
because all the disabled parking in the streets around us have, have been, are, are closed because of roadworks, and because it's a very special occasion, 96th birthday, we will allow you to have LA parking. 96 isn't special. It's very special. You get nothing between 90 and 100. <laughs> so, so we so we drove right to the front of the um, of of the shard in my little Renault Zoe. The only other car Your there box. was a. The only other car there was this huge Rolls Royce. <laughs> I bet the the valet parker must have just well, I gave the well, I think, wept. I gave the valet parker the the Zoe car key, and I said, "This is an electric car." I drive. And he said, "Sir, I I do know how to drive cars." And I thought, uh, <laughs> like I was telling him, it was like it was like somebody coming up to me and saying, "Did you know the LS command is what you use to show you the files, not duh?" And I felt deeply, deeply. What humbled. difference does it really make though to use LS instead of duh? Well, if you're if you're on uh, uh, Unix or Linux and you type "der," nothing will happen. Really? Yes, that's der, just arrogance, isn't der, it? "Der" is a DOS command. Yes, I know, uh, but I thought actually, you, I, I, I thought say that was... I say that for idiots like you, in more recent distributions, they've created a an alias of "der," exactly, which doesn't. That's what I assumed. <laughs> Only I'm for sure idiots. They had though. that originally, though. I used "ls" because I went back in the old days when I was cool. Uh-huh. I, th- I thought "der" still worked. It yeah. does work, but only if you've got a. Uh, a, a an excuse. A, a, a dummy's excuse of a distro. Yeah. What's yeah. the what's the in distro right now? It can't still be whatever it was before. Oh, well, well, I think it's I think Linux Mint is the one. Oh, that Mint people, is the one, is it? Yeah, because it, it takes Ubuntu and it gets rid of that stupid new interface and just creates a normal taskbar and all that kind of thing, which surprisingly people want. I think Microsoft basically got it right with Windows ninety five, and every attempt to create a new UI paradigm since then has sort of failed, hasn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. And they well, tried with Windows, Windows 8. Gone back to it. Yeah, well, exactly. They keep trying to escape their Windows ninety five heritage, and no, it's just what people like. Well, it's not so much what likes what people like, but what works most efficiently. Which is what they like. That's true too, I suppose. I'll give you that, Nick. I'll give you that one. And what can I give you in exchange? Just my fifty p. Let me have a. Oh yeah, I still have to give you. Well, if you you can come and get it. I should have. I was in London on Sunday. I saw. I, I can't believe I didn't get a barrage of insults when I made that public. Uh, well, did you make it public on Twitter? Yes, I did. I've been reading Twitter very little of late. Yeah, me too, too. Too too much. Something's happened. Too much. I, I, I'll tell you one of the things that's actually happened. Uh, I used to use um, Tweetbot on on iOS, on the iPhone, and I've moved to Android, and I'm just using the standard Twitter client. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing better to put you off Twitter than mm-hmm. the standard Twitter client. It's a complete jumbled mess. I, I recommend keep... Phoenix, F-E-N-I-X. Is it less of a jumbled, oh, yeah, hideous it's just, mess? It's it's, it's, basically, it's right down, stripped down to, to barest parts. And the thing is, I don't mind things like the sponsored tweets. Yeah, they've got to have their money and so on. Every few tweets to see a sponsored tweet, that's fine. But what I hate is this whole jumble, while you were away and have oh. you also seen this, and I'm suddenly going to reverse the order of the timeline for no reason. Yeah, all those kind of weird pitfall things that they put in there to trip you up. And... It's worked because I've very I've cut down my Twitter use by ninety five percent since I got this thing. So well done, Twitter, for making a client <laughs> that puts off everybody from using your main uh, service. No, I do recommend Phoenix. It's it's, it's it, it occasionally has wobbles, but uh, at the moment it seems to be working very well. Okay, F E N I X X. All right, if you insist. Um, and make sure you put it on dark mode. It's much nicer than light mode. Well, obviously, yes, but I've just been spending a lot less time because it's Twitter. I used to read Twitter for the lo- for the lols, and now there's not mm-hmm. many lols on Twitter. It's far too sanctimonious now. 
Well, I don't like the sanctimonious, all the alt-rights come to kill us sort of nonsense, but I do sometimes like links to various um, political stories and, fe- and nutrition papers. But I haven't. Be- I wish there were a way of just filtering those out. I'm kind of less interested in people well, whinging obvious- about Trump. Yes, indeed. And unfortunately, even if my, my highly selected follow- uh, list of followings hmm. is letting me down. Yeah, I think Twitter's going to be finished soon, isn't it? It does look that way. What's going to replace it? Email mailing lists. <laughs> Bulletin boards. Bulletin board. Prestel. Yeah. I think Woo. that. I think that. What's the last book you read? And when I say book, I'd, I'd know read on paper. See, I knew you'd be a Nazi about that. No, I just I don't mind listening to, but I, I'm specifically asking what's the last book you read on paper? The last book I'm currently Not even Kindle. Read, the, the book I'm currently reading on paper is uh, John Ronson's So You've Shaped, Been Shamed on the Internet. I was wondering whether to read that because it sounded like it could devolve into the usual. I've never, no, no, not at all. I've never read a John Ronson book that wasn't great. Um, and this one is so far. This one begins by looking into the the extraordinarily sad tale of uh, Jonah Lira. Really? Who's that? Why? How? He's when? the. Uh, uh, I forgot that name. I think I've got that name right. He was the pop scientist who um, was writing all these very popular books. Uh, and uh, was caught out as a plagiarist mm-hmm. by another journalist by mistake, almost by mistake. And he tells the story about his incredible downfall and then his public shaming when he was giving a speech at some event while they showed a giant screen in front of him showing the tweeted responses to his speech. And it was a, it, and, and Ronson compares it to the uh, the public shamings of the of the 18th century. Well, it sounds like he deserved it. Um, well, that's the, the this is it's interesting. Well, it's worth reading the book to kind of work out. He thought he deserved it, and, and Ronson thought, in the end, I think, decided he was a fool for putting himself through it. Um, and it's, it's interesting, the guy who exposed him ended up having not much fun of a, t- a time of it either. Uh, yeah, it's just quite that, and, and it's very interesting. And because it's, it's, it's Ronson, it's that, it's that fun tale of a, of a man who's trying to report on things and then accidentally becoming part of the story by doing so. Yes, but isn't that just a more grown-up version of oh my goodness i'm cursed every time his whole point is his name his first book is his name i can never remember his name a gypsy cursed me john ronson no the other guy that the you know i'm whatever what no the guy who who pretends that he has all these little japes with his flatmate but actually plans them out for for his next book and oh dave gorman yes isn't he it, no, it, he's nothing like Dave. Gordon. Bearing in mind, no, bearing in mind that the whole point was how common his name was, and it was emphasising his name every two minutes in that book. <laughs> and I'm cursed. I can never remember his name of all these people. It's yeah. I, it's not so, a name you really need on the top of your tip. Of no, your it tongue, isn't. Is it? So yeah. So are you sure that John Ronson isn't just a slightly clever, uh, twice removed Dave Gorman in his? Oh, I just happen to be getting involved in this whirlwind that I happen to be oh, investigating. Oh no, because he doesn't, even, he doesn't do that. He doesn't ever doesn't ever enunciate that thought. Uh, he just he just really he just acknowledges as he's going along that in trying to get to the bottom of what was happening, he ends up getting. Uh, becoming part of it, but never says, oh, no, I've become part of it. He never does any mm. of that. So do, do you think that in some senses, Dave Gorman is a con man then? <laughs> no. You don't? I, I've never, feel... I don't give Dave Gorman 
even a fraction of the thought necessary to to come to any conclusion about him. No, I'll tell you why. Because the first book, you could say, okay, that was a genuine. Um... So I don't know what. It, uh, so he did the. So the first book was going around the world finding other people called Dave Gorman. Yeah, and it was uh, Danny Wallace was his flatmate, and it was yes. a bet, and can you find this? Blah blah blah. And it was Danny Wallace end- who still owes me six all six copies of Comedy Review magazine that he stole mm. from me. So. So there were, uh, by the end, it did get a bit contrived because you couldn't pretend that you were just doing it off your own bat because he was buying so many plane tickets and, and so forth that there was clearly a an expectation that this would be refunded or that it was an investment for a project he was doing. But then by the time you got to things like Google Whack and all those other things where, oh, I just happened to be sitting in my flat wondering, and then, oh, look what happened. I suddenly found myself writing a book. At the end is it, of it. Oh, is that how I don't I didn't know that's what he did. It gets a bit like this just happened to be something I was involved in. It was something that I just felt the need to do and now I'm writing it up. Rather than oh god, I'm running out of money, I better have another idea for a book. <laughs> I know, let's do You know what I mean? I, I and I, I in a weird way I think it would be better if you were just honest and sort of said, I had this idea for a book, I wanted to see how far it would go. And just that little proviso at the beginning, then I'd feel happier. I don't can you can you have a word with him via Danny Wallace? Well, I'll go back in time. How many years ago was that? It was 21. Uh-huh. So that was 116 years ago. 117 nearly now. Oh, gosh, you're right, yes. Yeah. And what happened? What do you mean, what happened? Well, what happened? Why did Danny Wallace steal all your magazines? I was at Talk Radio, and he was a <laughs> weekly guest on Ian Collins' show. And he asked yeah. to borrow them. I think it was him. Now, I had an Im- someone... It was either him or it was producer Pete. I can't... But I'm fairly sure it was him. And I had a, a go-between recently. Someone who knows him ask him about it. And he denies all knowledge. Um, but he was also really obnoxiously rude as well. He I was, get that... wouldn't even give me the time of day. He wouldn't even look at me because I was just some silly little boy. I get that impression. He pretends to be a kind of slightly ingenue everyman when he's on the telly or he's writing. But I get the impression that behind that is a... Um shall we say, a, Well, I imagine a very he's conniving. changed in the last 18 years as well. He's probably gone worse. Yeah, I bet he has. Yeah. What a poo-poo face. Yeah, but oh, have you, uh, Ian Duncan Smith is attacking his... <laughs> uh, so he's attacking his, uh, the, the Office of Responsibility He's attacking for, facts. For, yeah, for bringing out facts, he says, are, are upsetting facts that should be allowed. I'm, I'm loving the fact... It, it's, it's a really interesting case, this... Uh, this, this so the... The, the, the numbers people have said, well, OK, you're doing a Brexit. It's actually going to cost 60 uh, billion or something like this that. This many billions or, yeah. of pounds. Um, yeah. And we don't have that money. And so therefore... And also, it's, it's also giving, you know, they're showing they're working. I actually looked at some of the things and it seems very plausible. And if anything, it seems to be quite conservative. But yeah. And they don't have they don't have an iron in the fire, do they? It's not then they don't really, have an no. agenda. Not really. I mean, even if they did, they're showing they're working. So, yeah. So uh, it's not it's not as if they've got some sort of uh, agenda. <laughs> we finally, you know, now take it back, you Brexiters. Mm. They're not doing that. They're saying, okay, this is how much it's going to cost, and you need this information in order to budget sensibly. Yeah. But they themselves have said that it was very hard to come up with these numbers because the government provided us with absolutely no information whatsoever mm. um, about what their plans for Brexit are. So they had to do a lot of guessing. But it, even so, they, you know, the idea that that Smith and Redwood and all these others are coming forward and saying, oh my, well, how dare you? You are just trying to prove us wrong about that. We come in here with your actual numbers and your realistic facts. We'd much rather imagine it'll be fine. Well, what's also funny is that they've all, all when trying to figure out these numbers, they've tried to take kind of 
not the worst and not the best case scenario. They've tried to think, well, actually, this might be sorted and this will happen. Whereas looking at May, I don't believe she's going to get anything. Uh, the, the more I see of her and her team, the less competent I think they are. They are, they're treading water badly. And uh, we have about another six months before everybody realizes that, I think. And then we'll see what happens to the economy. Because at the moment, I think people are, people, the meme is, oh, it's, 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 it's Maggie number two and she'll get things sorted. Yes. I think it'll become very clear that she isn't, at which point people will start panicking. Because at the moment they, oh, she'll get it sorted. It'll be all right. Whereas I think they'll say, oh no, she's an imposter. She doesn't (laughs) know what the hell she's doing. And when that happens, watch what happens to the economy. I don't want to. I find the economy really boring. I'm still finding uh, the, uh, the various people whom I followed on Twitter, and I I'm not haven't spoken to them recently, but when I last looked about a couple of weeks ago, they were still going on about the Ramonas and posting, look, I, I haven't been killed yet, so you see Brexit is fine, and all that, all that stuff. It's amazing that that desperate little gambit is still being used at the moment as a, as a way of kind of putting themselves in a lovely security blanket that maybe even though they are supposed to be liberal people, they made this hideous decision and they're trying to convince themselves that there was something worthy about it. Even is your, even your little pet Damien still doing that? Yes. Oh dear. Actually, I haven't seen what, I haven't seen what he's posted today uh, after the, after the budget, but I imagine there was lots of stuff about how uh, all these people are. Uh, His argument was, um, he, he does some um, web development and design something. His argument was, I've never been so busy, therefore Brexit is fine. <laughs> I told you he was an idiot. He's always seemed like an idiot to me. He's a dreary no, contrarian and now proven an idiot. No, that's not true. I think yes, it's just it's true. I just think that he, he, he chose he chose his team unwisely. And the reason he chose it is actually he said, I, I have faith in Britain and its um, civic uh, institutions and it's a stable society. And compared with the EU, which is going to catch on fire with all these right wing demagogues, Britain would never do that, blah, blah, blah. And therefore I'm hoisting my petard on the stable, sensible British boat. Whereas um, I don't necessarily think that your countrymen are inherently more stable and better. Is, do you not think so? Is, well, now I'm assuming he wasn't pro-Trump. He didn't go that his contrarian no, nature no, no. taking that far. No, no, no. So I wonder whether there's any perspicacity within the Brexiters to recognise that the overlap to go. Uh, oh, hang on. Oh, and have no. that moment of oh, I was on Trump's side. Well, Farage. Um is explicitly Trump's best mate, isn't he now? Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and, you know, Trump said that Farage should be the ambassador to the US. Well, Trump will screw him over at the first opportunity, and I can't wait to see that happen. That's going to be a glorious moment. Well, that's what's good about Trump, is that any time you think there's going to be a hideous alliance, you know that that hideous alliance will break down <laughs> yes. a week later. So that's good. But, yeah, no, you're, you're right. But, no, I think what... what I think Brexit, well, maybe some Brexiters would be proud to support Trump. Maybe they think, yeah, he's doing right for his country, the foreigners, the wall. We, if only we could have a wall well, that's what I'm saying. on our the, beaches. The overlap is not, yeah, of course Brexiters are going to be pro-Trump. So when the people who were so archly supporting Brexit because they thought it made themselves look so clever and interesting. Well, do you, the, they, what, you mean the, the, the Lexiters? 
The left Brexiters. Yes, like your Damien. No, no, they'll just say, I don't support it for the same reason that other people support it. I'm cleverer than those other people. <sighs> I support it for nuanced reasons about... Um, uh, about democratic sovereignty in the true sense and about how we want to extricate ourselves from the burning slag heap that is continental Europe and you know, those kind of things. They'll say, oh, look, you see, continental Europe's going to turn fascist and we'll be this little beacon of liberality. Although it's difficult to say that when one of the worst um, spy uh, snooping acts was ever passed in the history of western civilization uh, a couple of weeks ago of course um uh corbyn's party did nothing about it of course not didn't care that we now have the snoopers charter in full power and i actually read the thing it's extraordinarily awful it basically says the government has the right to take any data from anywhere at any time you're not allowed to talk about it um you have no right to any encryption uh the government is your daddy and shut up and you know it's extraordinary and the, the point is okay even if you trust theresa may do you trust setting up this sort of infrastructure and this sort of expectation for the next person that comes in. As somebody said, uh, Obama has set up this whole NSA spying infrastructure and is allowed to happen under his watch, and he's now handing it all over to Trump. Yay! Well done. So, actually, these people are more to blame than the people who come after them because they lay the turf for these people to run on. So I think it's very naughty. Very naughty indeed. Goodness me, you should probably put them on the naughty step. Well, yes, a lot of people need to go on the naughty step at the moment, actually. Um tedious as it is I, I need to tell everybody not not to use thameslink it doesn't work it's just a public service announcement if you're in london just right. don't use thameslink uh, in the last month every single day there has been multiple failures or excuses uh, and one day the, there were there's so many excuses there first of all slippery rails which means leaves on the line then they said trespasses on the line then they said that uh, there was a signal failure and they said a train broke down and then they said the rescue train to come and fetch the train that broke down broke down <laughs> this is all in one day and at that point i said can we just replace the, the north-south Thameslink line with some cycle paths because uh, I could actually use those. So, but what's Do you extraordinary? Have a bicycle? No, I don't. I should get one. Well, I'll get one if they put put those cycle paths in. I, I don't cycle in London because I don't really want to commit suicide yet. Uh, and <laughs> but but I want to. Uh, it's it's extraordinary that you've got uh, the, the the southern trains and Thameslink and so on are so awful and they've been so awful for a decade or more. And yet we we tend to just grumble about it and nothing mm-hmm. ever really gets done. None of the people at the top ever actually get changed. And I think this that's the that's the Britain that people like Damien Council quite like. He likes the fact that we just grumble and don't actually ever get anything done. Except of course when we do the one crazy thing which is vote for Brexit. Funnily enough, Corbyn would be the only person to do anything about that. No, but I don't, he, but he wouldn't in the end. Oh, you hear, did you hear, uh, you hear John McDonald come out for Brexit? Yes. Yeah, so they, uh, it was nice. They, uh, it was like they were holding their breath. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't hold my breath. In. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I love it, I love it. <laughs> yes. It like they're trying so hard to pretend and then. Just, who is the leader of the opposition? Um, John Redwood. I think so. John, John Redwood and Ian Duncan Smith are the leaders yes. of the opposition. Right. That's the state you've got us in. 
I went on the London Overground. I think London Overground is a secret that Londoners keep from outsiders. Everyone's heard of the London Underground. They don't know that it has its equal and opposite counterpart. Something else you don't know about the London... Well, you might know about the London Overground, and that um, Boris Johnson very surreptitiously nationalised it. It was run by Silverlink and various other companies, and it's now run by Transport for London. Oh, that's clever. Yes, they sort of very quietly nationalised the whole of a number of disparate companies and called it London Overground. So there you go. It's a, it's, I like those trains. Uh, they have some of them on the um, on the Metropolitan Line and various others as well, where there are no um, vestibules. It's just a, a, the whole train is one very long, bendy carriage. Oh, that ours wasn't like that. Really? On the London Overground? On the Overground, yes. We went from, I was, well, I say we, I was on my own. Went from somewhere with a strange name. It was called like Canada Goose Crossing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to New Cross Gate. Right. That's why so, I went. It sounds like you were in DLR territory. No idea. I just did what the what the telephone told me to. <laughs> if the telephone told you to jump off a cliff and if vote it had, Brexit, I would have very obediently jumped off the cliff and voted Brexit. That's right. If Google Maps had said, now jump off the cliff. And I then vote. Well, it's the quickest route. What if Google Maps had said, vote, leave? <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. It'd be oh, hard God, to that, refuse at that Oh, point. no. Oh, no. I just, that, that, that's, that's going to be the plot of some, of, of some new Doctor Who episode, isn't it? Where some alien mind virus gets inside some mapping software and it just keeps making people jump off cliffs and do weird things and uh, <laughs> it's inevitable now isn't it well now you've said it because uh Stephen moffat is obviously a big listener to the he's the listener to this podcast is he still in charge oh no he's quit isn't he of that festering franchise i think this christmas is probably his last really he's definitely quit mm-hmm. uh, why is uh, your wife whispering i don't know that was like one of... Have you seen those creepy, creepy, creepy... I can't remember the initialism for it now, but these creepy YouTube videos of people talking this whispery voice. Oh, ASMR. That's it. Oh, it's like actually being poisoned. It's the well, worst feeling. No, but the very fact that you have a feeling shows that it works. It's just that you interpret that feeling badly. That kind of creeping up the spine feeling is <sighs> something that other people seem to get some sort of joy out of. Perverts. And dirty are, perverts get enjoy out of it. And there are other ASMR things. There are people who are typing as well on certain keyboards. Oh, you'd or, love that. That's what you do. Rubbing, to. You're rubbing their hands. away yeah, as they typed on their mechanical keyboards. There's a lady, a lady with, with very long fingernails, and she rubs uh, a, a keyboard like this, and she does this. Uh, 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 I hate fingernails. I do, but I do like the sound of a keyboard. I know you perv. Don't you like the sound of people? Typing diligently. <laughs> Only if it's extremely diligent. I don't, I don't like, like lackadaisical typing. Oh, Well, the, old, the, the thing is the old um, uh, home computer keyboards all had very distinctive sounds when you're typing. The BBC micro keyboard had this almost squeaky sound of it at the bottom when you heard people typing on it. And the Commodore 64 had a very different sounding keyboard as well. They, they, are, they are distinctive uh, sound portraits which people need to take, take account of because there are... They, they might disappear soon after we don't do our typing anymore. We do our swiping and our tapping now, don't we? Well, I and do we, quite a lot of typing. 
Yeah, but you, you're just going... Well, this is the thing. People say, oh, well, we're soon just going to be dictating to our computers voice recognition. But, but actually, no. no. Even if even if voice recognition were perfect, there is something about that little bit of translation from brain to fingers, yeah. which is actually quite important for distilling into prose. If I've I tried, had to... Just using Google Assistant, I panic and um and er uh, and I'm all yes. over the place. <laughs> exactly. And if you had to actually dictate everything straight from your brain into your mouth, that would be hideous. It, it would. would be I'm, I'm always amazed by authors who do that. I think... Um... Toward the end, Terry Pratchett was dictating, but lots of authors have uh, have always dictated. And I don't yes. understand how you could do it because even if I'm just trying to get uh, to write a, a text to Laura by yes. uh, while driving, so I just say Ditto. I ask assistant to do it, and, I, uh, and it I, comes I, out, and I'm just panicking; it all comes out wrong. Can I please wonder, maybe if it's possible <laughs> to get the bath turned on for dinner now? Thank you. Maybe <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's perfectly recognizes me to ignore the fact that it every second word is wrong that's if it's right uh, but i also i'm very impressed with how right i don't know what google assistant's doing because when you when you look at the words appearing they come up as garbled and mad as as normal dictation yeah. software does. well that's contextual doesn't but it then it go, then it goes hmm no that's not right and puts what it thinks must have been right that's very clever yes that is clever and that's something siri doesn't really do oh right that's, that is that's the next bit i think it sends it to google and google uses its search engine stuff actually that's what that I phrase doesn't that phrase doesn't go with that phrase but that does go with that so it's probably that try that and and it's got phone him lookups and things and things like that but my dad for also when he does his um when he does his judgments uh he dictates them into a dictaphone with little tapes and then victoria types them out and you know you got imagine having holding a whole yeah, and he does some rice, he scribbles some notes, but the actual judgment is is spoken into a dictaphone, uh, I like, uh, which ends up being a sort of 30 page enumerated judgment referring to statutes and so on. You think that's extraordinary. I couldn't do that. I guess if you're used to doing it from the beginning, your brain must yes. just change in a way that allows. Also, it to I wonder if he performs, because you and I don't have any trouble doing this podcast. We don't no. um and panic when we're speaking now. So I wonder whether your dad almost performs. It must be. You must get into a performative mode. There are people who are scared of public speaking. Did most, you know that? Most people. I haven't. I, I was public speaking on Sunday. That's why I was in London. I was on a panel at a conference. Well, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, because <laughs> you're such a big fan of adventure games and narrative I, gaming. Actually, I was a fan of adventure games. I know games. you were, but you know, when was the last time you played an interactive fiction game? Um, well, precisely. Yeah. Oh, I know what you should play. Really? Yes. An actual recommendation? Yes, you should get Sorcery Parts 1 through 4 for your Android telephone. Really? What is it? It's Steve Jackson's Sorcery. Did you ever read the books? No. In the 80s? Uh, Reinvented as a game. So it's it's all um, text-based, but with an amazing, wonderful map that you Mm -hmm. move around on. Um, And the the first game of the four is very, very loyal to the book. It's essentially the book rendered as a game. Uh, but then, as the as the yeah. episodes go on, but is they, it all pixies and orcs and things? Uh, no, but there it is fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this was uh, this was the at the the burgeoning of um, of choose your own adventure and so forth. This was and sorcery was Steve Jackson taking it to the next level, where it became far more complex. But so, but this is um, as the games go on, they get far they deviate far more from the books and take advantage of the, the their format much more. But they are they're absolutely spellbinding. Very, very mm. good. I do recommend I do recommend sorcery. And I'll enjoy it. Yes, I think you will actually. I think this okay. would be enough of an overlap with your 
ye olde day's interests anyway okay. the point was i was at this uh, at this event and i was doing this and it was a packed uh, it was a lecture hall so it wasn't an enormous it was a very low-key gig um but very mm. busy and i was on stage and where I was it feel nervous i didn't th- even stop to think to feel nervous before i went on when i talk when i do public speaking i don't feel nervous i feel excited yes i tend to sometimes i get nervous afterward which is odd but i definitely oh, really? do that oh no it's 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 nice that it's not one of the things because they they say for some people apparently public speaking is the most stressful thing they mm. can imagine it's worse than moving house or sometimes even death it's uh, of, of of a relative it's kind of that's the worst thing and i think well that's odd you just go up and talk you say some guff yeah so did they clap when you said your guff there was there was polite applause i got Where a couple of this? laughs it Where was, was at this? goldsmith college oh right yes what was your point? What was your rhetorical motion? Well, I, I didn't know what... I, I hadn't noticed the email <laughs> warning us what the questions were going to be. I think it went into the wrong folder. Mm, so I, I was on with um, a, a gentleman whose name I can't remember, I'm afraid, who is from a German adventure gaming website. Adolf Hitler. Uh, that's right. Um, yep. Richard Cobbett, of, uh, famously of Rock, Paper, Shotgun now, uh, but probably, probably more famously of PC Gamer and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ellie Gibson, who used to be mm-hmm. famous for being on Eurogamer, but now is famous for being on the telly and everything. Mm-hmm. She's uh, She was on Dara O'Brien's Go 8-Bit. Really? Uh, she was the co-host, and she is also one half of Scummy Mummies, the podcast that has seems to have won Jenny Murray's heart, as I keep hearing her on Women's Hour. Uh, which is very, she's very good. Ellie's very good when she goes on Women's Hour. It's very good. And they, they're good. They do live shows and a podcast. Scummy Mummies is right. very good. You should listen to it, Nick. Really? She looks better than this rubbish. Am I going to be annoyed by it? I don't think so. It's too... It's, uh, I will swear now, just to warn our listeners, to pluck their ears as hard as they can. The way Ellie sums up what it's about, it's just about being a shit mum. That's well, I don't think that's something to be proud about. Well, I think it's more just about recognising that everyone is trying their best, but no one is doing a good enough job, and that's what they talk about. Hmm, um, and they're both stand-up know. comics and... I don't know, I don't know that, I, I don't like that meme actually There's like, oh good enough mum you try... No, actually if you wouldn't go up and say huh, I'm a really crap author and I don't really care I guess I was trying or I'm a, I'm a terrible lawyer but try my best You'd never do that But the most important job in the world You can almost take pride in how crap you are of it No, I, I, I overrule that sentiment Gosh. I think it's damaging Well that scummy oh. mummy's over, that's a shame all gone. Well, you enjoy the archive. I'll allow you to keep the archive oh, as a that's sweet. kind of memory of, of, of how things went wrong. <laughs> Thanks. Hmm. No, you're not allowed to say, oh, I'm a terrible parent. No, you're not allowed to do that any more than you are about any other subject where you, it's supposed to be something you take upon. You can say, I'm trying very hard to be as good as I can. And I pathetically, I'm a bit rubbish and I'm going to make myself much, better. That pretty I don't much think, sums up no, what they're doing. I don't think so. I think the sentiment usually devolves into, it's, it's good enough. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. No, do, because it's worth beating yourself up about because there's no more important job. You're just trying to be right on with all the stay-at-home mums. Which stay-at-home mums? All of them. What about them? You You've got one at cool. your house. You want to say, oh, it's the most important job. It's not a job, Nick. It's just sitting around the house drinking coffee, watching CBeebies. No, because on the one hand, I, I, I am going to be um, it with the stay-at-home mums. I'll say it's the most important job, and then I'll say most of you are doing a very bad job. <laughs> and you need to be fired. So. Also, goodness me, I, 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 I don't envy Laura. Why not? Because it's so hard. I'm not saying this to be right on. I've just, do you know what? And, and I think you'll agree with this. The hardest part of doing a full day's looking after a kid. Mm-hmm. So 
boring. Uh, it's so boring. I had to take. Well, it depends mm. what you do. I, Gregory and Liana got to watch the Harry Potter thing yes. on stage, which I also got to see. I got that. Oh, not the there. Fantastic Beast, the actual stage show. The actual stage show. But they had, and so, and and Victoria was was teaching NCT, so I had to look after both Jessica and Judith in London for a whole day. So I took them to a. Um, this is a, a month or two ago. So I took them to. Oh, this a, is the horsey riding. Yeah, no, I took this. I took them to the city. Yeah, exactly. To the, yes. As I said, to the city farm. And what I found was that they were very happy just to play in in, in the kind of the the, the what were the, the padded gravel for mm-hmm. about an, an hour and a half, just making piles of it. Yeah, sadly, Toby's not quite there, but I've got Toby all weekend this weekend. Laura's going away Friday, coming back uh, very late Saturday night. Oh, it's it's quite sad that you got Toby and um, my my great Gideon, my other brother, when he when he sends messages or captions pictures that he sends us from Minnesota, and he kind of says, "Oh, I had to babysit Moss Jawain." Oh dear, that's this not weekend. okay to say. I had to babysit my own uh, son, and I said, "What do you mean babysit? Is your child?" Said, yes, when a dad looks after, it's kind of, it's babysitting. <laughs> it's let's not, not pretend. Let's not pretend he's babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so you're babysitting Toby. This I am babysitting Toby for two days, all on my own this weekend. I've done it. I mean, I've done obviously done days before, but. Uh, and I do. Everything. Why? Where's Laura going? Laura's going away for the weekend with her mummy for some ghastly weekend of horror. Oh, is it? The, it's not. She usually does that with the Christmas fair. Uh-huh, they're going to the. They're going to the Christmas market. Yes. So one thing you just haven't reformed. Oh, I know. Just, yeah, I can't, accent I've is tried, I've tried beating it out of her with a broom and it doesn't work. <laughs> no, she just thinks that it's a Christmas broom and puts tinsel around <laughs> it. Right. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I bought a little bit of plastic holly from the market to put around the broom. Oh, that's what she'll do. She'll come back with so many ghastly little bits of tat. Gugors and arms full of tat. Oh, I that's hate what, Christmas. So that's what you'll have to, you and the Lord Protector. You should. So that's what you'll go. It's quite interesting. So all you'll have for for your two days of hard babysitting work, the um, result will be a handful of tat. Yes, that's right. It's not like you'll come back five pounds an hour. No, it's not like you'll come back with bars of gold or the secret to eternal life. Exactly. You'll come back with some. I think there's going to be some cardboard tat this year. Like Ugh. a cardboard pine cone or something like that, <laughs> with, with, with 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 gold glitter stuck to it. See, Toby's actually rather fun to look after just now. I have him every Wednesday afternoon, and mm-hmm. so yesterday, what did he did, what did he want to do? Anything? No, what he wants to do is go and sit on the bench on the high street and watch cars for a bit. That's fine. So we and walked you... we walked to the uh, to the high street, which takes about fifteen minutes with Toby, mm-hmm. um, about eight minutes without and mm-hmm. uh sit on this bench and we just he just tells me what color all the cars are and do you thank him for that i do very 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 much and it's lovely it's really fun yeah, and people John, is pe- there ever a yellow car yes and that's the best one i hope you join in at that point just punch him as hard as i can yellow yellow car punch <laughs> he um he uh, what well, the strangest thing happens is we sit we sit on this bench and it's an odd bench and it's there's no real reason for it to be there it's not near a bus stop it doesn't really serve a purpose and it's very rarely ever used and mm-hmm. so lots of people who are shopping on the high street will walk past us and feel they've somehow been given a liberty to talk to us like we're on display well you are and i have people like uh, uh, and it's always ladies no man has ever spoken to us no of um, course not 
But I had a lady once who walked past us and then stopped, turned around and came back and said, oh, I just want to say it's so lovely to see a father with his son. (laughs) What? Uh, Did did you agree? Yeah, well, yes, I just politely nodded or whatever. But Mm. it's such an odd thing to feel because not only does it just completely denormalise a very normal situation. But it's also a really weird thing to feel you had the liberty to say to a stranger. I, what I should say is, oh, he's not my son. I just found him. <laughs> you just say, I kidnapped him. Yes. Promise me. I'm going to murder him in a bit, but he wanted to look at some cards for now. Yes. Then we go to, then we go to the coffee shop and Toby has a gingerbread man and Daddy has a coffee. And then we read the new Thomas Train magazine together. The new Thomas Train magazine. Yeah, together. the new issue just came out. Oh, this one exciting. had a, this one had a they've got really good toys on the front. They've got little plastic uh, trains. So this one had Edward and a little uh, carriage. I think that it's interesting. That seems to be the one area of magazine ship that's flourishing. Well, there, you know, there are thousands of the things. There's one for every CBB show as well. Yes, of course. Um, the Hey Dougie magazine is great. And the Bing, we get the Hey Dougie and the Bing magazine if I ever spot them. Well, I've now um, subscribed for Judith to a comic book called The Phoenix, oh, yeah. which takes which which is a kind of a non patronising child's comic book for children her age and a bit older. Why don't you get Spider Man? What's wrong with you? What's that? Spider Man. Why should? Why? Because Spider Man, Spidey is best, and they do kids Spider Man comics. Oh, do they? Yes, of course. She don't get like her it. the grown up Spider Man. That would be a bit weird and confusing. No, but, but she's uh, reading. She, well, she's reading the Pokemon manga at the moment as well. So yeah, she she likes comics better than normal books. I'm afraid. Well, that's good. They they're normal books, but mostly pictures. How brilliant's that? <laughs> they are better than normal books. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you should get her oh. blankets. Don't get Indeed. her blankets. You should get her some proper grown up comic books to read. That will confuse her. Mouse. Yes, it's a good idea. <laughs> Here's something you don't know about yet. Learn about it with pictures. <laughs> Here's a potential. Here's, here's an increasingly realistic future for you. Yeah. Ah, no, your little chicks will be fine. I saw in a comic book shop there's a there was a uh, box set of something called Meta Mouse. Oh yes. Which I assume I don't actually look into it. It's very thick. I assume it just goes into the actual history of it and what was actually happening with regard to the comic and what his father actually said. So it might be worth looking at that. Mm. It's good. I, I wonder if any of our listener haven't read Mouse. M-A-U-S. M-A-U-S with a umlaut. Very, uh, an extraordinary comic book, actually. Comic-y book. It was very funny. <laughs> yes, chortle on every page. It's about cats and mice and pigs and things. It's, it's a sort of a Tom and Jerry, but uh, with, with a more historical setting. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Basically, basically Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Except most of the time, Jerry doesn't win. <laughs> Fewer frying pans, more showers. <laughs> yes, and uh, and less of the, uh, the 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 funny black lady standing on a stool screaming. Thomas, <laughs> that's my wife, by the way. She actually does that when there's a mouse in the house. Why? It's just a very I small, know. I don't get mammal. it. She's a she's a, a stoic, smart, strong, intelligent person, and a trained his... and qualified scientist with an MA in everything. Who is ki- who is. Killed scary animals. Presumably dissected a decent number of mice in her yeah. time. 
Yes. And then when Lucy brings a mouse in, she's jumping on the furniture, pulling her petticoats. Petticoats appear on her, and she pulls them up around her, her waist. And and her skin melanin content suddenly That's increases, right. and she screams Thomas. <laughs> she yeah. develops a deep South American accent. Very yeah. But it is weird. She goes into full, uh, I'm a scandalous mouse! <laughs> I didn't think anyone really did that. Oh, I, I, talking about... Um, mice and animals did you know we we slept in the um natural history museum oh wow did all the exhibits come alive they did well we slept we actually did sleep in the main hall um where dippy the dinosaur is we were brilliant as we're sleeping and what they do is you it's called dinosnores and you go there (laughs) yeah and 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 there were lots of cubs and uh uh, and brownie troops and then people with their parents and you go in at about seven, and then you do a a torchlit uh, walk around the dinosaur hall where they turn off all the lights, and you have to go like a scavenger hunt to find the right dinosaur and find clues and all that sort oh, of thing, and, and various things like that. And then you get your mat out and you have to sleep, uh, and there you go to bed at midnight. Uh, Goodness me! And and the problem was there were some fathers there who did snore. Oh, that's so now I understand off. Victoria's tweet. And they need to be killed. I thought she was just saying it was boring. Ah, that's good. No. So, um, no, they were snoring and the kids, the kids who were coughing and snoring. So I, the one thing I would recommend if you do go to it is bring earplugs. Second thing I would recommend is um, don't use a sleeping bag because sleeping bags are stupid. I just, just, just bring a blanket. I don't like sleeping bags, sleep. you just get tangled, horrible. Just forget about it. I don't like to sleep. I, I really still don't really like having, having Laura in the room while I'm sleeping. The idea of sleeping, no. I wouldn't go. I would just go home. So you wouldn't like to sleep in a room oh, in a, uh, a room with dinosaurs and about yeah, uh, on my own, 200 other people. On my own, a room with dinosaurs. I mean, just me and Toby. That would yeah. be amazing. That would be the best thing ever. But, oh, I honestly, it really just uh, drills deep into the heart of my anxiety, sharing a room with strangers. Oh, Can't no, dinos- no dinosaurs for you and Toby. I then. used to, when I used to go on press trips, it was the case that you would often have to room share, hotel room share. No, I don't like that. I don't mind sharing a room with a hundred other people, but sharing a room with one other person, Ooh, I unacceptable, I think, uh, stranger. Yes, even worse. And, and it was not uncommon for this to happen on press trips. And I used to spend, I used to try to get in touch with the PRs before going on the trip and ask them the sleeping arrangements in, in advance so I could settle my mind. And they would find it really strange. And then I would find, and then sometimes if I knew that it was possible on the flight over, I wouldn't be able to relax. I'd spend eight, ten hours on a plane just panicking about the fact that I was going to have to sleep in a room with, with someone I didn't know. And then the one time it happened to me, the one time I... I, I the bad luck happened and I had to share a room. The person I was sharing a room with suddenly didn't make it at the last minute and I was the only person who got a room to himself. Oh, so it never happened to me somehow. Feeling. Despite about 30 press trips, it never happened to me. I don't know how I managed that. You, and you don't do press trips anymore? No, not anymore. I send my underlings on them instead. There must be some that you'd like to go Oh, on. yeah, absolutely. But it's just not practical at the moment. It is. It's really not. It is. Although now Laura's going away this weekend, I can absolutely say... Of course. Yeah. It's come to that. Has. Shall, we say, shall we say goodbye? I think we should have gone on far too long. It is. But it's been yeah. a nice amiable episode that hasn't been about the, the immediate heat death of the universe. So that's nice. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a traditional rambler. Mm. 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 Well, let, let's say goodbye to the listener. A lovely butterscotchery goodbye to you. Oh, and a big gentle hand just slipped down the back of your trousers. Excellent. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.